Are we? Yes. Where are we? Here. Why are we here? Not entirely clear. We are misfits thrust into existence by random chance with no hints at all as to how we're supposed to make sense of it all. It's immensely bizarre. Here we are. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of the Here We Are podcast, Pandemic Edition. I am here today with a fantastic guest. We have a fantastic story of how we met, uh, or, or virtually met, um, that we're going to share with you. But I'm, I'm talking with uh, animal behaviorist and assistant professor at the University of Arizona. Jennifer Verdelin is joining me. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Pleasure. Happy to be here. So for anyone finding this for the first time, I am a, uh, I, I've been doing this podcast for five and a half years. I did all of them in person. They were always just audio. And then, um, and then the world went into lockdown. And uh, we've, we've all had to make some adjustments and compromises. And I've, I've tried to um, uh, find silver linings anywhere that I can and find new opportunities. And, and one thing that this has allowed me to do is talk with whoever I want to virtually and um or or remotely rather and then and even add it to youtube so this is uh we're just starting to do youtube um with with the podcast and also which i i think will add a lot for people and then i'm uh, also doing which the podcast i've been doing one episode a week for the past five and a half years and now i'm doing multiple special editions pandemic editions um talking about the the current situation uh that we all that we all find ourselves in and examining it from as many different scientific perspectives as possible, giving people a different take than what they're used to hearing on the news. It's something that I do with my show anyway. Uh, for example, we, we basically don't really um, very rarely talk about politics on this show. And when we do, it'll be like the genetic underpinnings that prime how people vote, stuff like that, that you don't hear anywhere else. And that's what I'm trying to do with this new, exceptionally important topic. It's, it's at least one silver lining is it's very nice to see people getting into science. Uh, yes. Would you agree, Jennifer? I completely <laughs> agree. They're learning all kinds of new terms and concepts, and, and I'm happy about that. Have you ever seen... Um, a the the world so interested in science in your lifetime because i i can't think of any other time um uh, that that people that people actually wanted to hear what scientists wanted to say in such such a high percentage of people yeah um, no it's it's fantastic and you know as a scientist uh, usually people just kind of, uh, there they go again, talking about things we don't understand. And, and I will say that many, many scientists have been able to translate a lot of information in really accessible ways during this time. And so I am, you know, grateful for, for them and, uh, you know, to have joined the platform of helping to educate people and, and loving that people are realizing how important scientists are to their very daily life 
Absolutely. This is something that I have been evangelical about for a, a long time. I, I guess I, you know, I fancy myself a, a science communicator. I, I sure wish I was better at it. I sure wish I knew more. Science is endless. Uh, <laughs> and and um, I, but it is something that has absolutely changed my life, changed my, bettered my life, helped me understand myself others, the universe, the world, the uh, environment that I find myself in. And I, um, I really am evangelical at a time where I, you know, I, I was raised, um, I was, I was raised in a, a very religious uh, church going household. And it's interesting to now see a lot of those same religious people being like, what do scientists have to say now that <laughs> now, now at the same time that scientists are like, maybe we should try praying. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> at, at, at times like, like this uh everyone's everyone's trying everything they can which is which is important and and it's it's good for us all to be open-minded and hear as many different uh takes as as uh as possible i would say and that's maybe not all the takes but <laughs> <laughs> right maybe not all of them <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh but but the point is is i'm i'm very excited people are getting into science i've been how we were supposed to first meet Yes. You were supposed to do my live show. So so one of the things I, I've been doing science themed solo stand up shows for a long time. And and uh, over the last like year and a half or so, I started touring with the show Stand Up Science. It's a half comedy, half science show. I get two scientists in each city. I've done about 120 of them. I do it about three times a week. Used to when live events were still a thing that existed <laughs> um, before we all uh, did uh, like virtual shows from our bunkers um but i uh, the the show is i so i have me and a second comedian and it's all a different show every time but it's a it's a half uh science talk scientists giving talks and half comedians doing sets and then mixing it together at the end it's a whole lot of fun it's been the highlight of my career and i don't even i don't even miss doing regular stand-up that much thus far but i do i do really miss my science show but anyway we were we were meant to do one together in yes. glendale arizona or as i was maybe even trying to get you for tucson where you are and um this was the end of February, and he, you were enthusiastic. Uh, you're, we talked on the phone. You're an enthusiastic. Uh, you're enthusiastic about public outreach. And uh, actually, why don't you why don't you tell people about your your books that they can check out too? Oh yeah, well, people so are reading more than ever. Yeah, there you go. And I, I might I might be able to give away a few a few free uh, audiobooks to uh, help the cause. So so awesome. yeah. I, I was very enthusiastic because even though I'm, I'm a scientist, I'm also a science communicator and I love comedy and mixing the two together. So really, uh, you know, connecting with you is kind of like a match made in heaven for me. Uh, yeah. I've done, I've done uh, lots of shows with different comedians and then I've also written a couple books. And so one is uh, Wild Connection, What Animal Mating and Courtship, or actually courtship first, then mating. What courtship and mating tell us about human relationships. And the second one is Raised by Animals, uh, which talks about the parallels we see with, with uh, animals and how they raise their families and how we raise our families 
and what we might be able to learn uh, from other animals. So that's kind of been my, my take is how can we improve our lives, our relationships, our friendships, our work relationships, uh, looking at how other animals handle things. That's a big part of how I got into this in the first place. I, I'm a big fan of the David Attenborough documentaries and, and stuff. And I, I was, I was doing, um, I, I was in a, I had went through a bad breakup and was in a new and exciting relationship and was writing a lot of relationship material at the exact same time that I was watching the most animal documentaries in my life. <laughs> and I just started seeing so many parallels and I was like, I got to look into this a little bit more and started, I was into science before before that, but I I got really obsessive at that uh, at that time. So so I am I'm, I'm into uh, I'm I'm into all of that stuff. I, I've read a lot of I've read a lot of stuff about animal courtship and what it's a endlessly fascinating um, topic for me. But but kind of related to because this is a, a pandemic um, edition and and why <laughs> why I'm having you on and why why this is so relevant now is. You canceled the show on me, and I, I was like, I was like, what in the heck is going on? This lady, she's she's like, hey, there's this. So I, news-wise, I have my head in the sand, which I I think ultimately is usually uh, a pretty good approach. I think that I think that the that the news is um, is ratings based, and and people respond to. Um, uh, uh, to uh, uh, scientific or, or, or statistical anomalies that get blown out of proportion, usually, obviously not in this case, but usually that's the case. And so I'm, I'm usually so anti every hype on the news because we've been crying wolf about every damn thing for so long, every little shark attack or something like that. Now all of humanity doesn't want to go in the ocean, right. even though even though your drive to the ocean is far more dangerous yes. than than, uh, than you know the chance of getting eaten by a shark. So so that's the kind of reason why I've I've kind of tuned out from the news. I I even thought I was going to be a political comedian ten years ago and used to watch the news nonstop and. So happy I didn't go that direction, um, but uh, but anyway, I so I the point is I was completely oblivious. I didn't know anything about this uh, this virus, and you're like, yeah, there's this, vi this virus, and, and I, I don't want to be in public and around people. I was like, okay, and then you're still like maybe interested in podcasting because we had talked on the phone, and you're like, maybe if we meet outside, I would. It was strange because you're like, yeah, you can't come to my office. I'm like, well, I go to my guest's home sometimes too. You're like, and you're like, do you have like cat allergies or basically trying to like get me to not come to your house? But I, I wasn't, I wasn't totally picking up on the cues because I was, so, I was just so confused, and I, I had never gotten this before. Right. Um, you know, because this has never happened before, and and then you were like, maybe we could meet outside and record. And I've tried that once before. It wasn't the audio quality and standards that, um, you know, if, if listeners that are just hearing this, if you go back and hear my audio podcast, I have the, <laughs> the highest standards. I'm having to make a lot of compromises to do this uh, remotely. But, um, 
but so I was like, I'm sorry, I just, you know, I can't compromise on my audio. Can you find <laughs> a university space? And you're like, yeah, maybe, but you'd have to stay a, a, like a, a six feet away from me. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this lady? And, and you're like, I, I just don't want to be around people that travel a lot, which I do. I'm in like three cities a week. And I shake a lot of hands. I know. Uh, by the way, and mm -hmm. um, and um, um, also lick every railing that I see. <laughs> odd thing about me. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> but but I, but I'm I'm sitting there going, what is going? And I was like, you know what? You know, you seem a little on it. Like, let's do it next time around. You know, we we had had a nice phone conversation and everything. Um, I, and I was looking forward to having you on, but I, I travel, I was like, I'll be back. We'll, we'll do it next time. And I remember you said, uh, well, basically you didn't, you're like crops about to hit the fan. I would right. stock up on some supplies and this was at the end of February. And I was like, what is this lady <laughs> talking about? And <laughs> I didn't say that, I but know. I was like, Okay, and so now what I am saying right to your face is, I am very sorry. I uh, <laughs> I was completely oblivious, and even when even when the news did start coming in and permeating through my many news defenses um, that I used to try to block uh, the, the same old loops um, and and um, and panic and outrage that usually exists over over pretty benign things. Um, I, I, I still, I didn't, I didn't pay attention to the warnings early enough. Like a lot of people, I didn't take it seriously enough. I, I, um, you know, uh, humanity, uh, I don't, I don't trust herd mentalities very much. And I, I don't, uh, I don't trust people's negativity bias sometimes and people's, ability to panic and like I said mm -hmm. I, people have cried wolf so much that uh, that I made I'm happy to admit I made huge mistakes all along the way I was wrong I was very wrong and uh, and so you know now I'm now I'm in a bunker and I'm, I'm stocked up I got my supplies I'm not going anywhere and um, and so now I want to know um, from, from the person who was, uh, uh, the first person that I ever talked to about this stuff that was way ahead of it before I had even heard whispers of anyone else. How did you know, how did you figure this out, um, ahead of time? And, and, uh, I, and by the way, uh, to listeners, I'm going to be letting my guests talk a whole bunch more. <laughs> that, was, that was, that was just a long, like 10 minute uh, rant, but we did, that's a, very interesting backstory between us. It, it was. And, you know, and it's funny because, well, first of all, you know, I did know, and you weren't the only one to where I could hear the, okay, she's a little crazy uh, in the voice, no. even though you, you didn't say that to me and you were very polite and gracious, no. even though I canceled on you two days before the show. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, me and my assistant may have said a few things behind your back. <laughs> I know. It's okay. And, and, and here's the thing, right? I, so I study animal behavior, and, and when I'm not communicating, 
you know, the fun science, uh, you know, communication stuff, I study social networks. So basically, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of that for animals. And, uh, and in my species, prairie dog, I've also studied uh, disease dynamics. So how disease spreads through social networks. So for me, when about the middle of January, when I heard, and I don't watch the news either, actually, I'm not a big news person. Uh, I, for the same reasons that you brought up, I just find it really repetitive, alarmist, uh, negative, ugh, you know, and not super informative in any way. Uh, right. But when I, when I did see something about this, I, as a scientist, then I can go to other sources and I can, you know, dig a little deeper. And so my antenna was tweaked a little bit, but not excessively so, just aware. And then by the, you know, when, when China closed its borders, my antenna wiggled a little bit stronger. And I, I went, mm, okay, well, now we have 6 million people left before they close the borders. Um, the longish incubation time. This is a little worrisome. Okay, okay. By the middle of February, I was, uh, I was, uh, my antenna was going even, even stronger. And so by the time I talked to you, I was really apprehensive about being in a room with many people, including my own students. So I was starting to feel really, really anxious in my own classroom um, well before we, we went to completely online. And so I was balancing my reputation you know, and how you would see me with a real apprehension that had been building. And so obviously I decided I would risk you thinking I was just a flaky, you know, nut job. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I was also warning my friends the same thing, not because I thought we would ever be out of toilet paper permanently. And today I had to go to the store and at considerable risk to try to, you know, just score a few rolls. And I got four uh, measly little rolls of toilet paper. And, and, you know, a month and a half ago or two months ago, this would never have been part of a conversation. Yeah. You this know, is like, like uh, this is now, now it's like a scene from Indiana Jones or something like that. Trying to find, <laughs> find, find some, uh, uh, some, some precious lost, um, a historical um, right. uh, treasure is, is is about the same amount of effort that you need to find toilet paper. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and and the the fear, like you know, okay, can I? Is it busy? Can, will people stay away from me? You know, because uh, we're really so. I was wanting to do physical distancing, uh, which they're calling social distancing, but I really prefer physical distancing because we that can. That is stay. a better. I am. Hey, listeners, let's all switch to physical distancing because we can stay social. Yeah, and we can you stay and emotionally connected. You are being social right now. We are. We are. And, Having and a heart-to-heart, -heart, emotionally we, connecting. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so, yeah, by, by the time uh, the first week of March came along, I was – I was, I had been, uh, I've been, other than today where I went into the store and the store clerk came within three feet of me until I asked her not to, and then she got mad. Um, uh, you know, I have not been within six feet of another person uh, for over two weeks. Yeah. 
you know? And, and so I think that people also need to suspend their, we're so used to being in each other's personal space, which I've never been a particular fan of. of, of I have a pretty uh, big personal space. Uh, you know, other animals have personal space boundaries too. And, you know, like when I go for walks and I see a coyote, we, we collectively agree, me and the coyote, that, you know, 30 feet is a good personal space boundary. If either one of us encroach on that, you know, I usually would get a, a glare or, uh, you know, I start to feel a tad bit nervous, right? So Bet MGM welcomes you with a special offer on the NBA. Simply place a $10 money line wager on today's game. If either team hits a three-pointer, you'll win $200 in free bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. Just use bonus code CHAMPION200 when you make your bet. BetMGM is proud to be an authorized gaming partner of the NBA. And there's endless ways to make it rain with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use bonus code CHAMPION200 to win $200 in free bets if a three-pointer is made in today's game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So anyway, I think it's normal that we all have personal space boundaries and mine are sure. just really expanded right now. And that's all we're really saying is expand your personal space boundaries to a minimum of six feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should have like virtual hug apps and like, and like hug IOUs. So <laughs> you, you see your friend and you're like, Hey, we'll, uh, we'll mark this one. IOU yeah. one hug when, when we do that behavior again. Uh, yeah, and you know, you know, the sad thing is, is that we get a physical response of hormones uh, being produced and released when we have hugs, right? And so oxytocin, usually you need about 20 seconds, you know, of solid hugging for, for your oxytocin boost. And, and so it's really hard. And, and so a lot of people might experience, um, you know, depression or increased anxiety because we're not getting the physical contact that is so much a fabric of social animals and we are a social animal. And in, in social animals, um, certain aspects of social bonding is also um, protective in the, with the immune system too. I, I understand that it, it, it uh, yep. in, in under normal circumstances. Yes. Um, under, yeah. Uh, where everyone's healthy, uh, having having strong social connections is is uh, really good for your immune system. So this is this is just such a tricky situation for social animals. It I mean, is. I've I've been a hermit my whole uh, my whole life, uh, so I have been prepping. I've been prepping <laughs> for this. I went I went through the first half of my life. Uh, you know, uh, uh, all, I went through all sc all of school like nearly invisible. Uh, that prepped me for being awkward in crowds as an adult. I've been social distancing for uh, for a long time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, avoid eye contact with people. That's that's right. one. Then people don't talk with you. 
Don't right. go to parties. I've, these are things that I've been practicing for 39 years. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I've sat in the field in a forest for eight hours a day for six months. There and you go. So, we were ready for this. Yeah. So I still just talk to the animals. I mean, that's just, you know, I have a hummingbird <laughs> yeah. that comes every morning and I'm like, hi, how are yeah. you? Are you getting your nectar? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and and I, I make the rounds and, and I know where my great horned owl is. And, and there was a, a pair of Cooper's hawks, but I think he got dumped and he's now alone. <laughs> so I feel really sad for him that he's lost his girl. She went for another guy. And um, there's the squirrels and the spiders and the lizards and you know, I, I check on them every day as I go for my, my uh, walk. And so I'm used to that, but what I'm not used to is not getting hugs. And, and something you said, you know, so for something like social primates, other primates like baboons, we know that grooming, which is a form of touch, is super relaxing. Um, imagine somebody scratching your back or scratching your, your neck or you know, or, or um, you know, otherwise sort of touching you in some rhythmic way. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. it, it's super relaxing and it reduces your cortisol levels and um, increases your, your, your pleasure center and your, your uh, oxytocin. And it's, it's all really good for your immune system. And we also know that social isolation affects uh, social animals, including people and parrots and, and other um, social animals at the level of our DNA. So on our chromosomes, we've got these little eraser caps. Uh, I like to think of them called telomeres. And they're sort of just like the end on your chromosome. And as we age, they get shorter just by virtue of aging. And <clears throat> What we know in, in um, African gray parrots, when they are kept in isolation, because they're super social animals, um, when they're kept in isolation, you start to see a faster degradation of those little bits uh, on the ends of their chromosomes. Mm. Um, so we age so, faster. So I, I just, just a much, yeah, so at a much, much higher rate than... Well, the, the, you know, this is uh, a lot of, um, um, a, a lot of, uh, you, you know, one, one thing that um, happens is people are older and, you know, a couple, one, one of them passes away. Oftentimes the other one does uh, right after and people are like, well, they must have died from heartbreak. Well, I'm, I, you know, I'm sure that's like, you know, one way of phrasing it, and 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 that's a factor. Um, but that's also uh, who who knows, however many inflammatory responses and stuff set up when you're like, oh, I'm all alone right, right. now, and there's no one, no one to help me. And your cortisol levels are going to fly through the roof, and cortisol is probably, I I imagine, going to do a lot of uh, major player in, in inhibiting the immune system. I, I would think as it's as it's mobilizing energy to muscles and, and kind of short term right. um, stress response. So, um, and I just want to point out that short term stress response is okay, right? Because you take action and and then those hormones just dissipate out. And you you know I like to make the analogy of like uh, let's say ducks they get in a little conflict and then you usually see the ducks like. 
do yeah. this thing, right? And that's dissipating that, um, that yeah. energy. It's the chronic stress, which yeah. we're in this state right now, right? There's so much uncertainty. There's yeah. so much anxiety because we don't know when will this end? When will it be safe? What's going to happen? How, you know, uh, I can be anxious now because somebody came within three feet of me. Okay, how many days do I need to worry? Is it five days? Is it, is it three days? Is every yeah. little cough going to make me uh, go, oh, oh, okay. So, so this is different, right? Chronic stress is really yeah. different than... Yeah, Ma mammals, are, mammals are, are really great at, at stressing out, uh, at, at these kind of short, acute, um, passing stressors where yes. where we need to act fast and and our reflexes need to take over and then everything dials back down and goes back to normal afterwards. Right. But uh, right. but yeah, if you if you don't shut that off, um, uh, it's it's not a system that's well built for for long stress stressors. I was um I was curious as you're talking about all the all the animals and, uh, and so in, in, in terms of uh, just sharing more bad news and more things to worry about for people. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, you, you know what? I, I've kind of been annoyed with people's positive thinking my entire life. And, <laughs> and now, now when people are just like, well, you just got to stay positive. I'm like, well, you know, being positive is like good when it's, um, called for uh but but also being positive can make people oblivious and and not plan and and not not assess uh real real danger i was thinking quite positively that we wouldn't be in this scenario right now right. That, didn't, that didn't help anything um but i one thing that i haven't heard about as we're talking about our our animal friends what about people with pets what about you know your your um, you're in a family and <laughs> you're all kind of like going out and about a little bit still, you know, some people are still working. There's still people that need to be clerks and, and say a, a nurse or whatever else. And they're coming home and they have their own, you know, wing of the house. You have everything, uh, you have everything set up. I, I, I packed up all my stuff because stand-up science is taking off for me. I put it all in storage and I've been living on the, on the road, which has been a dream of mine for some time to be home free for a few years. And I was absolutely loving it. But then when a pandemic happens, home free turns to homeless. And so <laughs> I'm back at my parents' house in Wisconsin, hunkered down in my parents' basement, like a, like a real, a real internet troll. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm really, I'm really getting into character, a bunch of like angry, angry tweets and arguing with people online. I'm, I'm really, I'm really taking on the role of guy who lives in parents' basement. And, um, and, and I have, so I have my childhood bedroom and then I have a bathroom right outside of it. And I was like, yeah, I've been traveling a lot. I'm just going to hunker down there for, I have a separate area where my food and stuff is. Right. Um, and, uh, but, um, so, so say I was like a nurse and going out each day and I have this, I have this separate, uh, area and I'm doing the six feet thing and everything else. And what happens when, uh, when my dog, my, um, uh, or, or my cat or something 
um, comes by is is this uh, is is this a contamination threat? Okay, so this is a really great question, and I'm so glad you asked it. I've actually put together, and I'll put it out later, a little public service announcement video for people about this issue. Oh, great! Yeah, because there's a ton of misinformation happening. So, um, um, can you? I, I don't want to forget. Where can people find that? And, and oh, sure. More. So on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Real Dr. Jen, and that's just Dr. Uh, Jen. And on YouTube, I have a YouTube channel called Wild Connection TV, uh, where I've been doing other videos, but I'm going to be putting out a few specific to um, to this uh, situation. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, so the the thing is, is that I've heard reports of people uh, abandoning their pets. Uh, about pets being poisoned and fear that uh, dogs can transmit uh, this virus or become infected with it and infect us. So very clearly, um, cats and dogs and other pets, there's no evidence at all that they become infected with coronavirus or COVID-19 or, or SARS-CoV-2, uh, all of the names that this is going by. Uh, there was... I think confusion happened because of the um, the two dogs that tested weekly positive in Hong Kong, but thousands and thousands and thousands of tests have empirically shown that they do not get infected with the virus. Um, and this was uh, this is supported by the British Veterinary Association, the American Veterinary Medical Association, um, you know various. Uh, the CDC and the World Health Organization. So then the question is, people have, well, what happened, right? How come they tested positive? So, so the thing to know and in answer to your question is your dog could be a potential conduit of contamination. Yeah, Just I cuddle with my dog and then and it, doesn't, it doesn't need to get the virus itself. It's, that's right. Now it's all over its fur and then my dog goes and cuddles with... I. I yes. don't have a dog right now, but I <laughs> am I'm quite lonely and could use a... No, I know. <laughs> I know. But yeah, so it's like any other surface, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, right. or any other person. Of so course. just like you wouldn't be cuddling with, you know, anyone else right now, uh, you don't want to cuddle with your dog or your cat if you are in quarantine in some way. And even if you are healthy, and you are taking your dog out and it's greeting another dog or other people are petting your dog. Right now, physical distancing should include keeping our pets physically distant from other people and other pets. And, and this is only because it's the same as uh, any other object or person. Now, we know this virus stays infectious for different amounts of time, depending on the surface. And it, it stays less infectious, or it stays infectious for less time on soft surfaces, like fur, clothing, cardboard packaging, than it does on hard surfaces, with the exception of copper. Um, that one's four hours. But metal, plastic, uh, floors, right? Other surfaces, it can stay uh, infectious for days, uh, even though it declines with each passing amount of time. So our pets are just like any other people in our family unit or in our lives where 
I'm, I'm quarantined with Senor Buttons, my cat. And I'm not quarantined because I've been exposed in any way, but I'm acting like I have the virus to be a responsible citizen. All cats should be kept indoors anyway, unless they're being walked on a leash. And in, in our case, he doesn't really like leashes, so we just are confined to our little outside patio, supervised. Um, dogs should always be on leashes anyway, but now is a very good time to make sure your dog is on a leash. And this is to protect you as much as it is to protect others. Mm -hmm. Because uh, today, you know, uh, in terms of, I just went to the, to the little mailboxes to see if my special coffee arrived. I'm trying to cling to small things of normalcy, uh, just, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. just, just justifying fancy coffee for as long as I can get it. And yeah. I well, see that, that's why I'm still being a, a, a cynical uh, jerk um, as much as possible, just so I can really stay true to who I am and, there you and, go. and, and, hold, and hold on to that. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, I know. So anyway, you got, we all have our things. We do. We all, we we do. all have our like little touchstones. <laughs> yes. Right. And so, so things that make us feel comfort and reduce that stress level. And if it's, if it's being that way, then do it. I, no, I, 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 I joke because really comedy is my, uh, co comedy is my release. It's what I've, it's what I've used mm -hmm. my, my whole life, uh, through ups and downs and right. especially, especially in hard times. Uh, right. It's, it's funny too, because people are like, oh, you can't joke about this very serious situation. It's like, well, I've joked about every horrible thing ever <laughs> in my life. Right. It's, the only survival skill that I have. Right. Uh, and, oh, and yeah. As comedians, only survival skill. Like, right. I'm, I'm not, I'm not making light. Uh, like, this is, this is the scariest thing I've ever gone through in my life. I, I'm not happy right. that right. this is happening. It's just we all have our different ways of coping and articulating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I told all my friends I was working on my prison body. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. I like mean, by I the mean. by the time summer rolls around, I'm gonna be able to do ten normal half push-ups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, uh, I think humor is 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 uh, uh, one of one of the few reliefs from stress that we that we have right now. I mean, True. I I do think that. Um, it's it's tricky because we want to be informed. I, I I do think learning more about this stuff and just being more informed can really give people a sense of um of power and control. Uh, yeah. it, you know, in in terms of when we talk about uh, talk about stress, there's you know the two main factors would be uh, lack of predictability and lack of control over yeah. over a situation. As right. A, sure you know in many animal studies and everything else yeah. and um and mm -hmm. and if we embolden ourselves with with as much knowledge as possible maybe not this exact same thing on a loop reminding us and and ruminating that way but but just really trying to sit back and understand and and use caution even if you're even if you're in a cabin in the woods far away from everything and you're at like zero risk of of actually um being exposed to this stuff that the the um 
placebo of of doing the steps to to feel in control are are going to be you know good for people's uh immune system for um, sure and i think actually that part of what you're saying is so important because i think it helps explain the panic buying mm -hmm. because people it, i think it's self-soothing honestly i think that that buying yeah. and buying and buying is making people feel they have some control over something. Yeah. I have um, a three-year supply of toilet paper. That's I right. I totally get, like, are we, are, we, are we pooping more with this? No. <laughs> no. What's, but what's I think happening? that, so I think that, um, I don't know well, what I that mean, is about. I get why about. people would want lots of food. Like, right. But, <laughs> I mean, or... <laughs> Or, or, or more, it, it, you know, what are, like, more books or more, like, um, music equipment that, uh, like, oh, I've always right. wanted to learn guitar. I'm going to be hunkered down for a while. I've been right. meaning to read more books and I have not. I get why, like, more of, of things specific to this situation. But right. the toilet paper thing, yeah, I have enough to be, like, hunkered down for a while. But. I mean, the videos of people just hoarding like boxes upon boxes of, of like a year's supply of, of this stuff. It's like, what are, right. and, and, and now, and now the toilet paper industry who I'm sure can just crank out a thousand times the amount of toilet paper they normally do and, and fill the stocks back up, you know, in a month, in a month, every single person on earth is going to have a two year supply and then they're, and then they're going to yeah. be like, okay, I guess we don't sell toilet paper for the next three three years so yeah I, I don't know what that's about because i you know my first thought was well i mean we do have like water has not shut off you know, we're what you know among countries there are countries where they don't have access to water and 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 they don't even have access to toilet paper but um you know we have water and <laughs> we have shit. oh yeah like a third of yeah. the world doesn't actually have right. toilet paper right, right? So, so we have water, soap, and that's perfectly reasonable. So I think, again, oh, yeah, I think... More, more soap. Obviously, we're going to need more soap, more sanitizer, more... Ma like, those, those things are the things that, like, okay, I get why people are hoarding that stuff, but... The but still, the hoarding is unnecessary. I think that, right. again, it, it is a... I think that... We could tell people the hoarding isn't necessary, but we're not giving them real ways to lower their anxiety. Right. And so I, I believe that sequestering resources um, in a way that people haven't, they also may be buying more because they don't know if they're going to lose their job and they may yeah. not have money later. Uh, yeah, so there's, they're running there's, it all on a credit card now and then... Right. Yeah. And so I think there's a lot of anxiety that's driving the pattern. Unfortunately, as long as the perception of scarcity re right. exists, there's going to, it's just a positive, it's a, I, it's a positive feedback loop that's negative. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, you know, the news shows only the pictures of the empty shelves, not the pictures of all the full <laughs> shelves. And, and, right. and, you know, I, I promise you, I could go in, in my, around my hometown if I if I just ran up all my credit cards, going and buying every single um, 
pen and pencil at every like staples and grocery store and everything in town all of a sudden everyone would be like oh my god are we running out of pens oh we need to get pens do we right. need do we need a three-year supply of pens they right. it, it would just trigger their their scarcity and right and you know people are you know a, a lot of us are are um uh, you know, a, a lot, a lot of people don't know what to do. So they're just picking up on social cues for, right. from others. And, and a lot of people are, are followers. And, 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 and for, for one, one reason why some people are followers and uh, compared to me, which is, I always go against the grain is because sometimes going against the grain is horrifically costly for you right, and makes you right. makes you not do the things that you actually should be doing but but yeah, yeah for for people to tease apart what what is like logical approaches right now and then and then like teasing that apart from what is the general consensus right and, and teasing that apart from like what on the news is actually mm. relevant and then all of a sudden we need to get everyone cut up to speed on on how we how right. statistics work right and things like exponential growth and and analyzing actual data and numbers and what right. that look i mean some of these some of these graphs that you see like circulating around there's like no numbers or anything on them it's just like a it's just like a picture you know right there's no, right uh, there's no context there's no context or anything and people are just like oh wow that right it's a graph i guess it's saying something um, right. Well, and, and I just want to say that I don't want to normalize the, the hoarding behavior, right? right? I don't want to normalize it, but I do want to explain it. And so yeah. I, just like you, I mean, I went today to the supermarket. I didn't want to, but I went early where there was fewest people. And other than that one clerk who just, you know, ugh. Anyway, well, I found you can share her name or their name. I don't I don't know her name, <laughs> but but I really tried to tell her, you know, I'm trying to keep you safe for as well. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. not like a personal affront here. This is just no. reminding you uh, you know, you know you, those images of penguins just slamming into each other trying to go off into the water. Like if you find yourself doing that, just stop, right? Like yeah. look up from your phone <laughs> and pay yeah. attention to around you, but but I found toilet paper and well, I only, you know, I, and I, I take issue with that. I, I will not look up from my phone. That is the okay. one thing I, this that is the one thing I okay. will not do. Well then use your <laughs> peripheral vision <laughs> oh, while you okay. look down. <laughs> oh, um, all, right. all right. Which we don't have terrific peri peripheral vision. Uh, but, but so, you know, I found toilet paper and, and I just did a quick scan to see what is empty and what is there. There was no milk. There were no eggs, you know, um, there was plenty of produce, lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, and I'm like, okay, what, what do you, you got to do to get people to eat fruits and vegetables? By the way, yeah, I mean, I got some great bananas and avocados and 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 lettuce, and and so you know, I didn't really dilly dally. I went with a a purpose, but but the thing is that when we perceive scarcity, it triggers something that in, in it's very common in primate behavior. Um, and primate ecology, it's called scramble competition. And, and you know, there's contest comp competition, and that's where you fight over that box of, pizza, uh, of, of spaghetti or that, you know, toilet paper roll thing, and whoever's strongest wins. But scramble competition is more like what we've been seeing, which yeah. is whoever can get there first 
uh, takes it. And, and fortunately, the supermarkets and other places are starting to implement, you know, uh, limits. Yeah, to how, my, how much? My, my mom wanted went to the store and got some she was saying she got some cans of some i think like soup broth or something like that today and she is getting more uh, should we already have like a few weeks supply but uh, just uh, more for you know whatever she wanted to make um and they they had limited to her like four cans of broth or or, yeah. or something like that which yeah. is sensible that, yeah that stores stores obviously need to be need to be um uh doing this i i wonder if there's even going to uh, yeah anyway yeah but so so it's just sort of it's something that you know from a behavior standpoint we know happens with other animals and we like to think as humans we are uh not animals but we are animals you know and and also other animals physically distance uh, there, there's a little less flexibility than what we have because we can stay socially connected but physically separate. Um, you know, I know people may not be thrilled about bats these days because they're they're sort of suggesting that this virus originated in a bat and then had an intermediary and then made the jump to people. Um, but you know, bats are suffering from a disease that we've spread around the world, mm -hmm. which is white nose syndrome, which is a fungus, and there's two bats that are handling this very differently. So when bats are really social and they, they roost or hibernate together closely, they, their population numbers go really way down because they die from this fungus. Mm -hmm. And I learned about this. I, I, had a, I had a researcher on stand-up <laughs> science in, um, in, in um, New Hampshire uh, mm -hmm. recently. And that, it's, a, it's a big issue there. Do it you, is. Do you, do you know that? Uh, quick aside. Um, do you, Do you know that the what's the fungus called again? So um, white, it's white, white nose. nose syndrome. Oh, white white nose syndrome. Do you know mm -hmm. that that was? Do you know the origins of that? It was a. It was one caver, um, who they actually traced it back to one person wow. who was like from a different country, came here, went caving, or something on a shoe or something. It wiped out the bat population and like that's imagine that knock on your door when someone comes and like just hey heads up just so you know you uh, inadvertently wiped out the bat population yeah yeah i mean but that's that's the thing right so that's how these things work yeah. we have not found i think in this case yet for humans patient zero right right um the original person from wuhan right but but the the it has been devastating for all kinds of species of bats and many of them may ultimately go extinct but the there's uh, this difference between the big brown bat and the little brown bat mm -hmm. so they both hibernate in in social groups but in response to this disease some individuals in the little brown bat are staying further away from other little brown bats in in caves they aren't as closely packed and they're surviving so here we have a social species uh that is doing physical distancing and that's, it is that's and it's save it's saving them and not all social animals have that flexibility right and and what we're being asked to do is to have that flexibility 
and embrace that and do it well and responsibly. And we may be doing it for far longer than two weeks. Oh yeah, I imagine we will be. And uh, I, I mean, hum humans are the most flexible species uh, this this Earth has ever seen. So hopefully, hopefully we can uh, use use our our vast um, physical and psychological uh, toolkit um, that that we've evolved with to to adapt to these and and learn really quickly. I mean, I mean those bats that that started social distancing, you know, that's, that's something that I imagine is a preference that got selected for through generations pretty quickly. Well, yep. we, we don't want to wait generations. And no. fortunately humans have this capacity. We're amazing tool makers and we have this capacity to communicate and spread information and learn more through tools like science, which is uh, my favorite of the human uh, tools out there and uh, to inform ourselves and and potentially um, change our behavior when all of a sudden there's a massive shift in in the environment and so there there might be you know related to when you're talking about produce um, uh, you know people might another thing people might need to know about um, what our inclinations are at this time is that when people are stressed they make poor diet decisions <laughs> and so, yeah. so people are probably ignoring a lot of the produce because they're making sure that they have their supply of cheetos and and everything on, yeah. on hand and, well which, uh, which is a shame because you want to eat well i stopped drinking six weeks ago not that really? I drank vast quantities. I didn't try, you know, I'm not an yeah. alcoholic, but you know, I drank wine well, and I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I want to be, but you know, yeah. I, I looked at the effect that alcohol has on our immune yeah. system and I was like, you know, I'm going to just put a pin in that and I'm going to circle yeah. back to wine, you know, later. Um, it'll always be there. I'm sure. And, yeah. and, um, and I let go of, uh, I don't smoke, so that's not an issue. I don't vape, so that's not an issue. And really just made well, how a... Do, how, how do you be cool? In, uh, in well, the only person here I'm trying to impress, I mean, although I did ask for extra time. Well, I did ask for extra button. time, you know, to try to yeah. attempt to look pretty. Great. Thank you. <laughs> um but yeah, Buttons, you know, uh, he's never impressed with me, so uh, <laughs> it is irrelevant what I do or don't do. He's only uh, yeah. he's cats, only cats impressed. Cats can often be good social distancers, uh, yeah. anyway, physical distancers, I should say. Physical yeah, distancers. he he's a he's he's pretty good. Like he's it's funny because he, I think by the fourth day he looked at me like, "Why are you still here?" Um, yeah. And now he's got me very well trained. Uh, we go out on the patio in the morning, and then around uh, three o'clock in the afternoon, I build him a fort, and he goes yeah. and sleeps in his fort. Oh yeah, um, senior buttons needs a fort, of course. He, he he's always loved to have a fort to to nap you, in. <laughs> what is, is senior buttons like? Uh, shoe boxes. Guy, he doesn't. No, he no. likes tents, like a tents. tent. Okay. And um, I've just never been home at the right time of day. He doesn't like tents at night, only in the morning, uh, yeah, or only yeah, in the afternoon. Tents. Sure, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so you know, uh, I, he likes the bed turned down for him in the evening. He doesn't like to lay on top of the comforter. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we 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 switch sides periodically through the evening. I'm usually pretty territorial about my side of the bed. Yeah, uh, but. I bet I bet Senior Buttons knows how to get his way too a little bit though. Yeah, yeah, he does. He he wakes me up and then um, <laughs> and then that's my cue to move over. Really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so you know we've uh, it's been interesting. He's sixteen and a half and and a bit of a grumpy old man, um, but but he's my pal right now. You know. Yeah, um, you know, speaking of. Um, uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm going to uh, I'm going to speculate wildly. I, I, it's not even that I think this is true. It's just a, a thought that had crossed my mind uh, when we were talking about um, you know animals being surfaces that you know you're interacting with and are moving about, and animals don't realize that all of a sudden um, they're needing to be on leashes more than they used to, or whatever. Um, they're they're uh, unaware, and so I was. I was thinking. So the the last place where my stuff's in storage right now is in Vancouver, Washington, right outside of Portland, Oregon, right on the border mm-hmm. there. And the culture there is such that cats just like roam the streets all of the time. And cats are like, like when I lived there, the neighbor cat would come over to our place and we'd let it mm-hmm. inside and pet it, and then it would go and who knows where it would go and it would make it would make the rounds and I imagine other neighbors, you know, uh, people without cats leave milk and stuff out for neighborhood cats and, and things all of, all of the time there. And, right. um, and I, I don't know if there's a correlation, but Washington was like the worst hit <laughs> uh, state uh, out there. And well, yeah, I mean, I don't want to blame cats, right? But, uh, I, I yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. I want to blame... I could feel that. I could feel that. I don't want to blame cat. I, 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 I want to blame... Uh, no, I guess I, I guess I bring it up just because um, I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming cats or their owners. I'm just saying in, in terms of, in terms of um, effects and... Um, yeah. And and dangers that that are maybe flying under the radar. Yep. Um. Not not the best time to leave your let your animals roam out. Right. And, out. and also, if you do touch someone else's dog or or you know uh, uh, or cat, just wash burn, your hands. Burn your hand off. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> wash your hand with lighter fluid. Um, no. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, <laughs> Just torch I, everything at torch that point. Everything. Yeah. Um, I so I wanted to ask you um, um, a, a couple things. Sure. Um, which is so so normally on the podcast, uh, I I didn't I didn't prep you for this or anything because it's a different question than I normally ask. Normally, in the five and a half years of the Here We Are podcast, I'd have my guests name a charity of their choice each week. However, and you're welcome to do that as well. But ha- however, I, I didn't prep you for that. Um, I uh, in these special episodes. Um, I, uh, I think, I think science needs all of the resources and, and, um, and interest and spreading and, uh, that it can possibly get. So I would, I would love for you to give like a couple simple 
tips um, for listeners that are now just finding themselves interested in science. One, there, you know, I think a lot of people are going to start listening to science because they want to stay alive and survive a, a, a pandemic. Um, but I think once people get into science, they're going to realize, oh, this is actually very, very interesting stuff. And right. the scientific conversations are, um, by and large, just far more interesting than um, than a lot of a lot of the same kind of small talk that we're that we're used to hearing all all of the time. And and people are going to take notice of that, and it's going to change the way people interact with one another and have their conversations. I, I always, I always hope that at the very least, my, my podcast makes people just a little more interesting in conversations because yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a great way for science to keep spreading, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, so I, I want to know that if you have some ideas of, of um, what people can do to support the sciences um, mm-hmm. in, in any way. Sure. And then, um, and then I want to talk about the future a little bit. I want to, I want to ask you, um, uh, I, I want to very selfishly ask you only because I find, I find it helpful to, to, um, make things pers- people tend to, um, relate to personal examples more, but I, I want to tell you about my kind of current situation in terms of what I'm having to do to plan for, uh, my future and, get some guidance from your magical crystal ball <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, that you wield so modestly. Um, okay. Well, I, I will tackle all, all of those. So I do want to, if I could, I do want to just advocate for one charity that um, really matters to me, and that's the Center for Great Apes. And um, it is a sanctuary in Central Florida that houses currently 54 chimpanzees and orangutans, including Bubbles, Michael Jackson's old chimp. So it is a sanctuary for pet, uh, for, for ex-pet chimps and orangutans and ex-entertainment um, uh, uh, industry um, uh, chimpanzees and orangutans. And I got my start there many, many years ago uh, with the original six uh, uh, chimps and orangutans. And they are currently facing shortages of, of many things like all of us. And we don't know for sure, but we suspect that other apes, uh, chimpanzees, orangutans, in captivity and in the wild, uh, can become ill, very ill, from this particular virus. So we share over 99% of our genetic makeup with them. And so there are huge concerns. They have a wish list on Amazon, and it's the Center for Great Apes, and they always list things that they need and if it's in stock and you can afford to give, um, then that's great. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm doing that every, um, every two weeks because I've been fortunate enough where I'm teaching online, so I'm still having an income. And that's, that's what I'm choosing to do in, in my particular case. Mm-hmm. When, it, when it comes to science, um, so gosh, tips for, for um, getting access to great scientific content, is that sort of where you were... We're just anything, going. or or even even if um if people just want to do um more to promote any uh, oh, specific yeah. um scientific causes or um, um you know the, yes. ways ways in which people could vote a little more um pro science would be an easy <laughs> one for people. 
Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that would be great if you, I would say start local, right? Maybe check out your local university and see what the projects are. There's, you could get involved from a citizen science perspective where you're helping. I have um, a great horned owl project. It's currently, you know, on hold, um, but I've got at least 10 or 15 um, citizens in, in the surrounding area who are either collecting pellets or watching the birds or um, I'm trying to do something on photo, uh, you know, facial recognition of owls for IDing them. And so I have a couple of great photographers who go out and they're taking, you know, photos for me. So that's one way to support science because yeah. I, can't, I can't get any grants. Nobody cares about, nobody from a funding perspective cares about my little owl project. Um, right. Right, and so we we have a hard well, time. Well, if, if you were if you were like trying to fix erectile dysfunction or something like that, people would take notice, and you'd have all the funding in the in the world. But that's true. But owls don't have penises, so that's <laughs> yeah, not <yeah>. helpful. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're they're, they're uh, not not terribly aerodynamic. Uh, well, uh, they have they have no no. A, a possibility for that in the first place so i couldn't possibly fix it um yeah, yeah. you know so i, I, I mean I, i'm just talking about the human condition of what oh yes pri priorities are of, of absolutely of what they care about <laughs> fixing and what the, what they take a take an interest in that was, that was right. just a little slam on the human condition <laughs> well hard. and it's quite sad for owls um actually <laughs> that they don't yeah. They, they can't have that problem. Um, <laughs> but um, I think, so that's one way, right? Look to how you can support your local researchers. Yeah. Um, and, you, and, and that means that, that you can pick and choose based on what matters to you and what somebody's doing. Yeah. And, and, and then there's also um, some SciFund is a, a way for crowdsourcing that um, different researchers put up their projects and, and try to um, get support that way um and then yeah. there's there's definitely voting and i think that while we're in this situation take an opportunity if you like to walk outside do it responsibly avoid crowds avoid parks where people are aggregating and and just take a walk and notice notice how clean the water is right now notice how fresh the air is right now um because we have stopped a lot of activity and and maybe help by making better choices. We, we, we try to put all the responsibility on individuals. Well, I've got my little reusable bag, but the corporations are the ones that are really driving much of, of the pollution and habitat destruction and, and all of that. And so where you choose to spend your money in the future can really have a powerful impact. What businesses you support, what what um, you know uh, sectors uh, so supporting green energy over others uh, you know can really make a, a bigger difference as well as your own personal choices. Yeah, and 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 going back to um, people people looking up their local university, I can tell you from uh, one of one of the joys of getting to tour with my show Stand Up Science is and getting all different guests each time is that I've had so many examples of this where often often academics are kind of crowdsourcing um, a lot of their research and getting getting uh, opportunities for the public in in really fun ways and even doing like informative nature hikes and mm -hmm. surveys that people can fill out. There's like a 
there, there's a, a zillion different ways that people can um, get involved in, in science with, with not, not having to spend a ton of time to look into it. So uh, in closing, let's talk about me. Okay. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I, I've, uh, I've been canceling shows left and right. I, I've officially um, canceled shows through, um, through the middle of April. And, um, I, and, and it's only, you know, all, all of April's, uh, going to be done. I just haven't, I've, I've had no, I've, I've been busy with a bunch of other things and I haven't, I haven't advertised them or anything anyway. So I've had no like direct incentive to, um, really cancel, um, cancel the shows cause, um, no one's getting tickets right now anyway. Uh, but, but April's, the point is, is April's, April's done for me. Um, I sure was hoping to have a, a big tour firing back up on, uh, on May 9th. Sounds like that's not going to happen. So just May is completely done. May I, I is would done. say, yeah. What, what about June? Um, well, so whether or not, so that's about eight, well, that's about, 10 weeks from now, right? So bear in mind that my, my venues are, are like, you know, 150, 200 seat venues. So when things do open up again, it's going to be the first venues to start opening up, you know, before stadiums and stuff. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to be, you know, completely destroy your future. So I'm going to yeah. just say, say that, you know, okay, we got, we're looking at eight to 10 weeks. If we look at other countries and how they've uh, how long they've had to keep this in place, and mm -hmm. we're still we'll see what happens to them as they start to relax some of mm -hmm. those restrictions. I would say that 150 to 200 is too many to hope for in in June. I would say that if a venue wants to offer it, it should be like 50 people, and they should be spread out, mm -hmm. and you don't shake anybody's hand. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And and I'm I'm not. So Terribly optimistic though about June. Okay, and no June. I, I, so I'm, I listen, would, I'm listening to you. I know I, I don't. You know. Yeah, you I know, didn't say no. I just said I'm not optimistic uh, because I don't think we're going to necessarily do things simultaneously, massively, and in coordination all over this country at the same time. Yeah. So we're. we're it's, it's just that if I if I have uh, so my situation is such that if I have things in the books, yeah. if um if things open if things start opening back up, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go in in two weeks. I I don't yes. I don't advertise much more than two weeks ahead of time anyway. Right. So I can theoretically move things back and then cancel again and keep right. on rescheduling. Right. And so I'm I'm just wondering what is like what is like the optimistic safe side knowing knowing right. full well that I'll probably end up canceling those. Anyway. Well, so, so maybe June and advertise it as an intimate evening with you in a large space. I've think I've been thinking <laughs> about doing, doing shows out in parks. You could do them. And there's, there's lots of amphitheaters actually that are in open spaces, but the key is that your audience needs to be able to sit far enough away from each other. Yeah. For them to feel that's, comfortable, and that's even great outside. For comedy too, by the, by the way. <laughs> uh, 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 yeah, la laughter's laughter is contagious as well, and, and very dependent on 
cues from other people around and no one wants to be the only one that they can hear laughing. So, so like, so, so the six feet apart thing, that's, that, that'll work just fine for music. I don't think it's going to work for comedy. So, so, so when, when, when are we going to be able to be within three feet of, of one another? July. Well, I don't, I don't know. And, and I don't know when people will actually feel comfortable. So there's two right. things to consider, right? One, that it's actually okay. And, and two, that collectively we feel okay about doing that. And, and so I think that there's going to be a subset of the population that will feel fine about it in, in two months. And if, if things go, you know, start to, if we actually succeed in, in reducing the, the speed at which this is transmitting and growing, right? That's the key is can we slow it down? And really we are trying to slow it down just to help the hospitals and, yeah. and right? I and have, I mean, I, I, have, I have zero interest in putting anyone in danger or anything. It, it, it's just not that big of a deal to me to, you know, yeah. a lot of people are in a, in a much worse uh, shape um, than I am, even though I, I'm, uh, uh, you know, uh, stretched uh, very thin myself, and 95% of my income is from, from live touring. Mostly, it's just about having to, you know, pay my assistant and pay pay the people that that pay for me and support me on Patreon and uh, help get them paid if if you want. But um, um, so I can keep doing these. But you know, it was. As far as I'm concerned, I can hunker down in a uh, in a bunker and still do my podcasts, which I, I love doing this podcast more than more than anything in the world. And and so you know, there's I, I'm not trying to complain here. I, I don't I, oh, I, I know. have a much much worse situation than I am uh, than I do, and I, and I I absolutely want to be um, way more safe than sorry in terms of live touring. Mm -hmm. I'm, it's not like I'm like, I need to get back on the road. I, I, I don't, um, you know, I, well, I want people to be safe, but, but just knowing that I can cancel things two weeks in advance and, and it's right. no off anyone's back. Um, I, I'm trying to decide what, what is I, uh, other than the hours it takes to rearrange things and, right. and stuff in the first place. And I, I think probably no, no, no shows until, um, July, I bet. Um, you think bars are going to stay closed like that? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Um, so I will just say that, well, I can't predict what will happen. I know I'm already, and you know, I'm always a little bit ahead. Yeah. I'm already, my antenna is just like, let's see uh, which way the wind is blowing. Because I already feel anxious slightly. It's in the future of, of resuming in-person classes in the fall. I'm, I'm not sure that that's going to even be wise. Wow. So, so that's me, though, and, and as we know, in this scenario, I, I have, uh, and I would love to be proved wrong, actually. I would, I would love to be incorrect about all of that and, and you know, realize that it's just maybe a little, little um, you know, uh, but I got to see how other countries go and how the data goes in the next month or two to see where, where are we going to be at that time. And, and that's just my own sort of assessment and analytic mind that, that puts pieces of the puzzle together 
in, in its very nice and strange picturesque way. So I would say, yeah, I mean, maybe uh, looking at once, once May is done, seeing what, what's happening. And as far as bars go, I think they have allowed now takeout uh, in, to include alcohol. And, and from what I saw in, in the grocery store, there's plenty of alcohol. I'm not sure that everyone should be sitting at home drinking alone. Um, you know, that's, that's probably not great for your mental well-being. Oh, great. Um, now, we're, now we're all going to start the New Orleans drive-through daiquiri uh, <laughs> shops. The, the craziest, yeah. the most insane thing on, on, uh, in the country. But now they're yeah. going to be everywhere. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You know, I think that um, we'll, we'll get a better sense of where things will be in the next uh, month, right? So, so if I were to talk to you again in, in three or four weeks, I might have a different assessment or I might have a different sense. Um, and again, I speak from what I'm comfortable with. And while I may sit back and think others should or shouldn't do certain things, um, you know, at oh, least it was I'm, a, I'm it listening was a to you. <laughs> I, was, I made was, that mistake once already. Well, I just want to say, like, I didn't scream it from the sh uh, from the from the rooftops. I only told people that uh, that were my friends and that I cared about. And so, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to to. Uh, I was worried about you because you were going to so many different places. And I know how comedy clubs work. And I know that we greet and meet and shake hands and. And, and, and people come up after the show and want well, to talk to Comedians aren't the most healthy people either. Uh, <laughs> I, I had actually started smoking uh, cigarettes here and there again, and I, I quit when all this stuff happened. So there's the, that's the one, one good thing that, uh, that, that came out of this. Been, yeah. Uh, cut way back on, on uh, drinking and everything as well. It's been a, a, at least a week or so on that too. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, well, trying to, trying to make the, the most out of this uh, situation. I, I mean, I'm a, uh, I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a dark uh, person. So I'm uh, like, uh, like I'm, I'm kind of, I, I don't think this is impacting me as negatively emotionally as uh as a lot of people i've always kind of thought of the world as a pretty uh dark tragic <laughs> place and so so i i i i was kind of built for an apocalyptic setting uh well, psychologically it's um, kind of it's kind of why i hang out in the forest so much um but i i do want to leave everyone with just one thing which is we, we kind of have an interesting choice right so in ecology we have these concepts of, of of resistance where you get some kind of disturbance to the system and it tries to go back to its original state or you try to return it to its original state and then we have something that we know works much better is res to build for resilience and this is where after disturbance you find a new way forward and and i think that this anti-fragile yeah well and i have think you heard, that have you heard, that's a book i haven't read but i believe that's oh no the, that's the that's the premise of it okay well i think that what i would like to see and 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 it goes counter to the world is a dark and tragic place is uh that maybe uh i i'm not seeing evidence of it so far although in little pieces and little pockets of an opportunity to really cooperate and yeah. to share and to help each other. And yeah. I, I think that there's many of us who are 
are trying to embrace that idea. And, and that's a hope that I might have that when the disturbance, when the perturbation is done, that that's our new normal, that that's our resilience. Well, e even, even things that are, that are going to become quite obvious for people, which is that, that a lot of people are now, uh, a lot of people that should have been probably working remotely or had the option to work remotely um, 10, 20 years ago, but companies were just doing, uh, 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 avoiding that because it's, it's the way that it's always been and can you trust that people will work and blah, blah, blah. And now, now that people are forced to do this, you know, are are we going to have the same number of commuters out there all of the time burning through our our fuels and everything else i mean i mean like you said everything's every there's less pollution there's cleaner water and everything and and that might be um you know although i'm 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 against uh you know having a sedentary uh lifestyle you know and i'm but but I, I think working remotely for people gives people the option to to exercise and stuff more than ever and, and take healthier breaks and work more on their own hours. It might increase, I think it'll increase productivity rather than having people trapped, um, you know, trying not to get caught playing solitaire because they're stuck in their little <laughs> cubicle prison. People right. can take the breaks that they want. They can have a podcast on in the background and and not not be as miserable um, and yeah. and and something like that that could uh, that could uh, that's one small thing that could lower the carbon footprint um, a little bit. Which if we don't lower the carbon footprint, there's going to be a lot more apocalyptic scenarios uh, yeah. heading heading our way. So this is a yeah. this is an interesting time for for uh for reassessing and 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 by the way when i say all this i i do not trust my crystal ball in one way or another listeners i'm i'm just uh wildly ranting and speculating um myself but uh speaking of which i encourage all of your uh viewpoints please ask any um any comments or questions uh, leave them in, in the YouTube comments, leave them, uh, on, on my Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. And I'm, I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing as many of these episodes as I can. So if you, if you had a question that came up during, during this, uh, interview during this uh, podcast make sure and ask it anyway because we're we're going to be um I'll, I'll have opportunities to ask it of other people in other um fields in in the future and so i just want to thank you jennifer for being uh such a wonderful guest and for trying to warn me and save my <laughs> life you can ask my parents who i who I now live with, I'm not the best at listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I, you were still very, very warm and, and gracious. And I'm so glad that we did, in fact, get to do the podcast. And, me too. And I look yeah. forward to when you are touring again, that we get to uh, do Absolutely. what we planned to do originally. And so... I keep on I keep on almost touching my face. I'm like, oh, we don't do that anymore. It's uh, the, some of these habits are going to die hard. Um, I, um, I I want you to one more time plug for people your Twitter and where they can find you on YouTube and um, and anything else that they can check out your your books again. 
Sure. Yeah. So on Twitter um, and Instagram, my handle is at real Dr. Jen. And that's just uh, DR, not spelled out doctor. And my uh, YouTube channel is Wild Connection TV. And there I have a couple of like think like a human, act like an animal uh, videos. I do some series on women in science and then just some general sort of science adventures. Like I'm, since we're all holed up, I'm going to do one on who's in that hole um, to try to figure out what animals are living in which holes. And uh, yeah. And so uh, I hope that people find that entertaining, interesting, and, and they can also ask me anything and I will happily um, answer and, and uh, or if they want to see, some particular topic that they're interested in, I'm happy to oblige. I, I think they, I think they will. I think this is, this is the biggest positive change um, that, that I'm hopeful is going to come out of all of this is that, is that people are going to start having respect for science and expertise and, and <laughs> learning. And that's, that's a world that I dream of. So thank you listeners for being such a wonderful, curious people and tuning in. And uh, usually I'd say I'd talk to you uh, again next week but we're gonna we're gonna try to be cranking out as many of these episodes as fast as possible so uh, so just stay tuned subscribe to uh the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe to the youtube channel and uh, i'll talk soon thanks jennifer thank you a podcast network